You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, producer at 1660 ESPN Radio and a proud TCU alum. This is your daily podcast covering TCU athletics. And uh, happy to be bringing you some content on a Wednesday. It's October 21st. We're just a couple days away from TCU kicking off against Oklahoma and trying to get back to 500 at 2-2 two and two on the season. And in this first segment, I wanted you to hear from Gary Patterson. He spoke at the Big 12 teleconference earlier this week. And Drew Davidson asked him a question about the offense and kind of their identity, what they've looked like with uh, Jerry Kill at the helm, and he, he gives a pretty lengthy answer. So we'll, we'll play that here in the first segment. I also have some audio from Lincoln Riley uh, discussing the improvement of Max Duggan, and he also gets into just how fun it is to go up against Gary Patterson year after year and sort of that chess match, him as an offensive-minded guy, Gary as a defensive-minded guy. And then in our third segment today, we'll just hit some Big 12 news. There's a couple of TCU notes that aren't necessarily breaking but i haven't had the podcast until this week so i wanted to just hit on them really quick and then uh a a big time opt out kansas had had a player opt out yesterday it appears and uh, tom herman said something pretty funny so we'll, we'll try to hit all that in in this podcast this afternoon or morning whenever you're listening but first i wanted to uh let you hear again this is gary patterson of the big 12 teleconference and he's asked so you bring jerry kill in you bring Doug Meacham in, and these guys have a hand in what you're doing offensively. Have you seen the results that you wanted through the first three games of the season? Well, I think you already know the answer to that. I mean, we're not where we want to be, uh, but you know, there's a lot of guys that you know that you know, and I don't pay a lot of attention, but I need to just because it's it's perception becomes reality. But everybody's been on the offensive line. You know, uh, you got to remember you lost four of them. You had a lot of guys that never played. They had some injuries, but there's some guys like Wes Harris that have played that have played well uh, on it. You know, we have to we have to grow with it. I think that's the one place we need to, and we got to keep Max healthy, uh, doing things and 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 Downey whenever they're in the ball game. So, but yeah, I think you know one of the things I think we're we're trying to change is a little bit the culture of of how we think on offense and how we do things. Uh, getting back to more of a toughness attitude, I think it's not – we didn't think that we were going to change it all in one year. Uh, but, you know, I think that we've done a good thing. So I'm really, uh, really happy with the young – with really – well, really all the skill players. you got a guy like T. Hunt that uh, Coach Kelly actually moved him down to second team because of the young guy, and then he worked hard, and now they're back splitting, they're back splitting time and, and playing better. I think the competition uh, cures a lot of things. Uh, but, you know, for us – you know we're going to keep moving forward. I think the thing that you got to realize is that you know it's you have you have very good skill in the running back position. You got a very good. We're getting. We need more skill in the wide receiver position. Um, you know we still don't know whether um, Spielman will actually uh, play in this ball game. Um, and so we're you know just uh, how do you how do your group get guys where they need to be and get them ready to go? And I think that's more than anything else. I don't. You can't really you can't really analyze a team how you did things till you get to the end of the season. You you can you know where you have to get better. Uh, that's the one part about working early in camp is if you don't um if you don't do what you need to do it becomes very obvious where you're not very good at something uh once you get into uh once you get into games and so you know we found that we have to we have to be better up front but we've made improvement 
Um, but you know, it's there's no you know it's not like you know the league is going to take a week off to get where we need to get to. But it's and that's on both sides. Defensively, we gave we gave up less big plays and and we need to keep doing so. I think as a whole group, you know, it's you're a couple plays away from easily being three and zero. I think a lot of people that watch the games, you could be that. And so um, for us. You know, we that's kind of what was our deal last year. We we're just close enough that we we were close, but we just couldn't get over the hump. And so, really talking about being able to make a couple of those extra plays for us to uh, win those one-score ball games because you lost by three, you lose by seven, and you know, it's uh, how do you how do you change how do you change all those 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 mindsets? So uh, that's what we're trying to get accomplished. Okay, so a couple things to unpack here. First of all, he, he hits on the offensive line and their struggles. He sort of gets out in front of that. Mentions needing more continuity, trying to fix these issues. The problem is, I mean, you got to fix these issues fast. You cannot continue to let Duggan uh, get hit. And he mentioned Matthew Downing when he's in the game, and I know that probably made some people cringe. But the reality is, I agree, Duggan is far and away the better quarterback. The problem is when you have an offensive line that can't protect, there's always that chance that he could get hurt, he gets banged up, things go south, and you have to put Downing back in the game. And that's not that's not where you want to be. But I'm sure that's something they have to prepare for with a, a flimsy offensive line that can't keep their quarterback upright in the pocket. Now, he does mention Wes Harris ha- has done a nice job. Uh, it, it's just the, the problem that we've mentioned the first couple of days on this pod is there's only so many things you can do when, when you're struggling there. So that, that group's just going to have to improve. Uh, I did not expect him to talk about Tavalence Hunt. He says he's, he's proud of how he's worked. Now, Tavalence has two catches for seven yards, hasn't played a ton of snaps, and he mentioned that. But apparently Malcolm Kelly challenged him, put him in second team, and he worked his way back up to first team. So maybe we'll see more from him moving forward. And finally, he brought up a guy, and this is an injury note, supposedly well it's not supposedly Gary said it JD Spielman is questionable this week he didn't specify what his injury was but he's banged up and they have to find a way to get this guy the ball I just feel like we're looking at a a Jalen Rager situation all over again where you have an NFL quality wide receiver on your offense and you're not finding ways to get the ball in his hands he's got five catches for 56 yards so far this is a guy that in three years at Nebraska had over 800 yards every single year. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I have, can't diagnose the issue necessarily, but I know enough to know that you have to find a way to put the ball in your playmaker's hands. And J.D. Spielman, now I don't watch practice. Maybe he's another guy that's getting challenged by uh, Malcolm Kelly, the wide receivers coach. But why is he not on the field more? Why is he not getting more targets? Uh, it, it just doesn't make sense that he would have such a, a successful career elsewhere and then come here and suddenly forget how to play wide receiver they're they're getting in the ball on punt returns he's their punt returner and i think he's pressing on, on those punt returns i feel like he's made some bad decisions on special teams because he's trying to do too much because he's not getting opportunities within the offense to make plays that they'll try to get him on a pop pass every once in a while but um you have to find a way to, to get the ball in his hands whether it's tunnel screens you know swing passes something something to get him out in space uh, trying to get some yards after a catch, trying to move because he's he's proven to be an explosive player. And the final thing that sort of stood out to me about that whole three-minute answer is we've talked about this offense lacking identity and what does that mean. And I, I think most fans, and correct me if I'm wrong, you can hit me up on Twitter at LockedOnTCU, 
want to see this offense open up. They want to see Max throw the ball more and stretch the field. Um, that air raid style that we sort of got used to in 2014 and 2015. But Gary mentioned toughness. He, he said they're trying to shift the culture on offense, and he said and he said they have to be tougher, which that's not really something I would associate with spreading the field. So maybe he's talking about that downhill run game, or, or that could just be a general idea about, hey, this offense is not very mentally tough. They're not fighting through adversity well. They're not making the plays they have to make because, again, you're running into the same problem you had last year, which was you can stay in these ball games, but when it comes down to it, you're still losing. And I mean, it's it's admirable that they're able to make comebacks and make these uh, make it a game, but it's so frustrating as a fan base when you're watching and you're down 21-7 against K-State, and it looks like a winnable game, and you feel like you had the more talented roster, and you just can't break through, and they had a chance at the end, but once again, just came up short. So that's Gary Patterson from the Big 12 Teleconference. Coming up next, we'll hear some quotes from uh, Lincoln Riley. He spoke as well about Max and about what it's like to face Gary Patterson, that sort of offense and defensive chess match. This is the Locked on Horn Frogs. Uh, podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One of our great sponsors on Locked On Horn Frogs is Coors Light. Uh, do you ever feel like you're always on the go? Everything is just go, go, go. It's, it's nonstop hustle all the time, trying to balance work, family, friends, all your responsibilities. It, it's hard to find that me time. It's hard to find that uninter- uninterrupted chill time. And Saturdays are a great day to chill. Turn it on a TCU game, turn it on a Big 12 game sit back and grab a a cold Coors Light. Watching football is therapeutic. It's that chance to just kick back and forget about your responsibilities for a couple hours and and focus in on the action. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit the reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at getcoorslight.com. Again, that's getcoorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Another proud sponsor of Locked On Horn Frogs is Built Bar, and Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have improved flavors that make their uh, bars even more delicious. Some new flavors caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake. I'm a big fan of the cookies and cream. They also have 12 original flavors like coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter and salted caramel uh, the peanut butter one is fantastic and the built bars are healthy that's one of the big things um, if you need a snack if you're a health conscious person this is a great way to lose or maintain weight while you eat a delicious treat it's only 180 calories uh, just five grams of sugar and five grams of carbs uh, built bar has a promo code that you can use right now if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and get 20% off your next order. Back on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast covering TCU athletics. I'm uh, Stephen Simcox, producer at 1660 ESPN Radio, and happy to be with you on a Wednesday. We're talking TCU OU. We heard from Gary Patterson in the last segment, and right now we're going to hear some Lincoln Riley audio and this is a big matchup for uh, for the Frogs. We talked about it earlier um, this week, but obviously getting to 2-2 two and two would be a huge deal, especially when you start to look at the schedule. And you've only got – you've played three games. you only got six left. So there's only so many opportunities 
to get wins and starting one and three would be a, an uphill battle to, to climb out of that but they've really struggled I mean there's no way around it they've really struggled in the series against Oklahoma this has not been a great matchup for them this is the one offense that sort of gives them fits I think more than anybody else in the league uh, and Lincoln Riley was actually asked about going up against Gary Patterson that being sort of a fun a give and take a chess match with Gary being such a defensive minded coach an innovative guy and Lincoln being such an innovative offensive minded head coach it is fun it is I mean we've, we've had some great battles over the years and you know said it many times there's nobody in the country defensively that that I have more respect for and I think does he just does a tremendous job and does it year in and year out and, and uh so no it's uh it's never never easy against those guys that's for sure it's, it is a fun fun challenge for both our coaches and our players that's from the Big 12 teleconference earlier this week and that question's uh courtesy of, of Drew Davidson who does a Great job covering TCU from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. But Lincoln, high praise for Gary Patterson, said there's nobody else in the country that he respects more as a defensive mind. And I feel like this is going to be a personal matchup for Gary. He, he wants to prove that he can shut this offense down. This has been a, an Oklahoma team that obviously has been incredibly talented over the past five, ten years. But – has really given TCU the business on, on defense. In the series since Lincoln took over as head coach, they've scored uh, 38 points in 2017, then 41 points in the Big 12 title game. In that second matchup in 2017, they scored 52 in 2018. And last year was TCU's best year. The Oklahoma scored 28, and they jumped out to that 21 nothing lead early. And early after that, the Frogs did a really nice job against Jalen Hurts. This is a different – uh, quarterback and a different team. They really, especially late in the season when TCU played them last year, OU became basically a power running team. I mean, they're almost like uh, running some triple option concepts in, in some ways, and they were trying to run the ball with Hurts and run the ball uh, with their backs. And they really miss – I mean, I mean, this team really misses Kennedy Brooks. He opted out before the season. Um, T.J. Pledger is a leading rusher with 219 yards. And then Seth McGowan's also gotten a good number of carries with 181. But this is not the same offensive line. We, we've gotten accustomed to amazing quarterback play at Oklahoma, and rightly so. I mean, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray won the Heisman. Jalen Hurts came close, sort of tailed off towards the end of the season, but also had a really good year. Um, but Oklahoma's also put a good amount of linemen in the, in the NFL, and, and their ability to protect – has been uh, has been impressive, and their ability to run has been super impressive, and and that sort of become the identity uh, of their team last year. Um, but this is not the same group. They're not averaging seven or eight yards uh, a carry when when they give it to their backs. And and Pledger and um, McGowan are capable guys, but they're averaging about four or five yards a carry. It's it's a little bit different. And and Spencer Rattler. Uh, has been on the run at times. He's looked uncomfortable. He's been sacked ten times um, in four games now. So he's he's had to scramble around. Um, he's got a 71% completion percentage, over a thousand yards. He's been productive, but quarterback numbers, at least the the typical stats that we look at, are so inflated now with with these offenses and how they run. 
Um, but there's been there has been some ability to to slow these guys down. So can TCU do it? Can they avoid giving up the big plays that they have in, in the first couple of games? Receiving wise, Austin Stogner is is leading the Sooners with 230 yards. He's a tight end. So I'll be curious to see does Gary try to match or Darius Washington on him? Does he try to match those big time safeties on Stogner, or or how does he try to guard him? And Marvin Mims is their leading wideout with 196 yards and 15 receptions, and he's a true freshman, was an absolute monster at Frisco Lone Star last year and, and has come in and made an immediate impact. So those are some of the, the names to know going into this OU game. Um, but it, I, I just feel like this is a game where Gary's going to have something to prove. I think he always wants to win, obviously, and, and takes these things seriously. But I, I just – I feel like he sort of knows that, that Lincoln has, has gotten the better of him in, in a few occasions in the last few years, and, and he's going to try to try to fight back on that. Here's uh, one more quote from Lincoln Riley from that teleconference, and this is him talking about the improvement of, of Max Duggan. Oh, certainly. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a talented kid. Um, you know, you could tell he's getting better like a lot of guys are, you know, when they play early in their career. You know, he had some – you know, had a lot of ups and downs as a young guy, which again, that's that's most quarterbacks do. And uh, there's no question he's improving. I mean, he's you know a combination of a talented kid, and he's he's coached really well by by Sonny and those guys. So you know, no surprise that he has improved, and he certainly is you know making some really nice throws and a lot of plays both with his arm and with his legs. So Lincoln says he he sees the improvement on film from Max, and I, I think that's pretty evident. Now, it, it wasn't super evident in their last game, but in stretches against Iowa State and, and Texas, he's looked fantastic. And last year against OU, Max really struggled throwing the football. He was 7-21 for 65 yards and an interception. They they got back in that game. Uh, they ran the ball well, and they were able to, to force a few turnovers, had that huge pick six by Vernon Scott in the fourth in the fourth quarter to pull within four. But there's no getting around it. He was not great against Oklahoma last year. So I think for Max as well, this is a game that he's going to um, want to – prove something that he's going to want to show that when he faces what is still I think one of the most talented teams in the Big 12 even though the record doesn't really reflect what they've done they're they're not the machine that they've been in the last few years so this is a big game for TCU I mean if there's if there's a year to get Oklahoma if there's a year to sort of kick them while they're down it's right now it's with this team um, that has struggled at times and, and doesn't appear to be just the the absolute monster that they've been in the past so we'll see if 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 they can do that we're going to talk with uh, I'm going to talk with the guys from Locked On Sooners tomorrow John Williams uh, does that podcast he covers the Sooners for the Locked On Network so I'll have a conversation with them and and we'll get you even more ready for that matchup coming up Saturday on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Horn Frogs podcast coming up next I'm going to hit some Big 12 notes uh, just some TCU news that I haven't really had a chance to, to react to yet since we got going and that's coming up next on the Locked On Horn Frogs podcast, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Horn Frogs final segment. Uh, this is your daily TCU athletics podcast. I'd love for you to subscribe. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts on a daily, weekly basis. Hit that subscribe button. It's downloaded right to your phone. Like this morning, I woke up. I'm subscribed to Locked On Horn Frogs. I wake up about 6 a.m. I look, oh, sweet, Wednesday's episode is in there, and I can listen to it on my way to work. Um, and give me a five-star review if you feel so inclined. That would be a cool thing to do. Or tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. Follow me on Twitter, 
at Locked on TCU, and you can follow my personal account at Simcox Steven. I appreciate you guys tuning in this week, sort of giving me a chance, giving the show a chance, and I, I hope it continues to improve and, and get better as we move along. Last segment here, I wanted to talk about some TCU news and just some Big 12 notes as well. Uh, tomorrow, I will be doing a crossover episode. We do have a Locked On Sooners podcast as part of our network. John Williams and David Walker do that together. So I'm going to talk with those guys. We're going to record that late Wednesday night, and it'll be available for you Thursday morning, uh, previewing that game that's kicking off at 11 a.m. on ABC, TCU, in Oklahoma. So that's coming up tomorrow. I realized as I'm doing this that I sort of lied to you guys. Um, I'm not going to do Big 12 Power Rankings today. I didn't end up doing that because I had this audio from the teleconference and wanted to cover that instead. Might do that later this week. Maybe we'll get into that on Friday. So give me some grace. I'm, I'm recording, you know, still kind of trying to figure out when the best time is for me to record. And I didn't exactly have things uh plans changed but anyway we, we still got the podcast to you just a little bit different than what i teased on uh, on tuesday but i'll try to do a better job of of letting you know what we have coming up moving forward um some tcu news a couple receivers and this actually happened almost a week ago now but i just wanted to hit it really quickly because i didn't have a chance to talk about it um aldontre davis transferred he is on the transfer portal as of last wednesday um, 247 Sports and then Max Olson for The Athletic were the first people to report this news. He hasn't played in the first three games of the 2020 season and hadn't played all that much in his first couple of years at TCU. He was a 2017 recruit, uh, a three-star prospect, but he was the number nine, 29 overall excuse me, prospect in the state of Louisiana. He had a good offer sheet, Auburn, Georgia, LSU. So it was uh, a nice pull when, when TCU got him into Fort Worth, but has not worked out from a production standpoint. So he's going to try to move on and, and see where he might land next. And then also Dylan Thomas um, is in the transfer portal, and he's going to try to, to test the waters there. Dylan's from Pascal, and he made some plays in in the past couple of years but had not been on the field much this year. He was actually listed as a starter at one of those wide receiver positions on the depth chart for a couple of weeks, and then Quentin Johnston has sort of supplanted him in that spot. So maybe he sees the right end on the wall there and, and wants to, to get out of Dodge. But he's a grad transfer, so he'll be eligible immediately, even though it seems like the way the NCAA is moving, that's probably not going to matter. I think by next spring, everyone will be able to sort of transfer where they please and they'll be immediately eligible at least the first time they, they go ahead and, and make that move. Big 12-wise, a couple things going on. Uh, Puka Williams is opting out of the rest of the season. Kansas is 0-4. They're really struggling. They lost last week to West Virginia. Um, Puka's a, a good back. He's a junior from New Orleans. He had 51 attempts and 196 yards. Scott Chasen was on this news first, and he said that this has to do with, or Puka said this has to do with his mother who was ill. So we wish his family the best, and I hope his mom uh, improves. We we did get a chance to talk with Scott Chasen, who covers Kansas on uh, my, my radio station, 1660 ESPN Central Texas. So here's him discussing Puka deciding to uh, to opt out of the season and and the reasons why and what that kind of means for KU moving forward. You know, uh, I'm not sure it was necessarily uh, expected, and obviously the reason that he gave um, was uh, because of the family health issue. Now, I, I think it is reasonable. I think it is fair um, for some people to 
maybe not ask him questions about if there is a health issue. I certainly believe that's happening and certainly, you know, wish him all the best with everything going on there. And I believe it's with his mother. Um, but I, I think there, it is very reasonable and realistic to look at uh, kind of the total uh, picture and, and basically everything going on with, uh, with Kansas this season. You know, a couple weeks ago I was on a, a radio program and one of the questions I got was, why is Puka Williams not opting out? Why why is he still here? Why is he trying to run behind a really bad offensive line on a really bad team when he's banged up and he's probably costing or could be costing himself NFL money? So this is not a new uh, idea that you know no one had considered that he would be doing this. And in fact, I, I would say most people who probably you know from the outside looking in were like, yeah, why why is this guy continuing to do that? So from that perspective, it makes sense. Obviously, the reason is maybe something that um, people didn't know about. Now, we kind of do know about it. And like I said, obviously wish uh, Puka and his family the best. But um, a lot, lot of circumstances would uh, kind of, I think, lead you to, to say this was probably the right decision for Puka. So a little bit unexpected, but uh, I'm curious to see what Puka Williams does. Now, I know a lot of that will hinge on his family situation. Um I guess he would technically be eligible for the draft since he's been out of high school for three years now, and then he could also go the transfer route or come back to KU. But it, it's a rough go for Kansas. They're 0-4. Um, it's hard to see where they could get a win on the schedule. Now, they've been known to, to pull out the occasional upset, but they play K-State this Saturday. Uh, they don't play TCU until November 28th towards the end of the season. It, it's just been a, a, a tough time for, for Les Miles and company. And before we go today, I wanted to hit you with uh, maybe a moment of zen, um, just a, a funny quote. Tom Herman was speaking to uh, the media earlier this week, and he said this. This is from Horns247. Tom Herman said, Texas is scouring Baylor message boards, trying to glean as much information as possible. He said in a quote, if they're anything like ours, the guy sprains an ankle and the sky is falling. So Tom Herman has uh, apparently got his staff looking at Baylor message boards. Now, I would guess most of this is Baylor had a COVID outbreak. They Their game against Oklahoma State got postponed. So maybe he's trying to see if he can get a little insight on who's actually going to play this week, who might be available. Uh, but it's, it's just a funny thought to me. Like, I, I guess grad assistants are probably doing this. So do they do this every week? Do they always have staff members like signing up for for paid subscription sites and and seeing what the fans are saying on the message boards do they do they try to get a new free trial every week like is it a different person or they use a different email and try to get a different seven day free trial for game week and then hope they can cancel it before it charges it or is someone just running up like a hundred and twenty dollar a month bill (laughs) keeping up with all the big 12 schools and uh in, in these different sites where they can subscribe and interact with fans Keep a lookout for uh, for the username Tom Herman on, on these message boards and, and see if he's he's peeking in and trying to get some insight on, on Big 12 opponents. Tomorrow I will chat with the Locked On Sooners guys and we'll continue to preview this TCU-Oklahoma game that's coming up Saturday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening today. This is the Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.